Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. I'm reading out of the New King James Version, and it says this. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That he may or it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. And neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus says this, I am the vine. Everybody say, Jesus is the vine. Jesus is the vine. You are the branches. Say, I am the branches. I am the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you, you can do nothing at all. If anyone does not abide in me. He is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, I love this, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. You may have your seats. As I read this particular scripture throughout this week, I read it over and over and over again, and I, I never picked, on, picked up on something that I, I've seen this week before in previous times, and I have literally, if I haven't read this particular portion hundreds of times, maybe even thousands of times. And this is one reason why I absolutely love the Word of God. It has this ability to mean one thing in one season and something completely different in another season dependent upon the season that you're in. And what could, it could mean for Maria, it can mean something totally, totally different to me. And it has this innate ability to unfold like a... Um, how do I say this? Like a blanket. It's got these layers to it and it just unfolds and reveals more and more and more. And I, I'm, I'm so excited to share with you what I believe I found. The Bible talks about the kingdom being like a pearl hidden in a field. And so I'm excited to share it um, with you this morning. And I pray that it blesses you. I pray that it blesses your family. I pray that it provokes you in your relationship um, with the Lord. There are two things that I think are pretty normal. Um, when, we, when we read this scripture, we see two different things kind of happening. Uh, one, you see an individual or a believer that will not produce anything fruitful in their life. Like, say fruit. They won't produce anything fruitful or of note in their life if they are not connected to the vine. Who's the vine? Jesus is the vine. So namely Jesus, they won't produce anything really. It's not that you won't produce in life. It doesn't say you won't produce. It says you won't produce fruit. See, there's a difference. All of us are producing in life. When you wake up, you produce something. But the question is, is are we producing fruit? So I've seen that scripture many times, and it's always given me that Holy Spirit nudge to remind me if I want to produce anything in my life what I am directly connected to matters, namely Jesus, right? Or I'm going to be fruitless in my pursuits. Secondly, there are those who are connected to the true vine, Jesus, who are fruitful. And every once in a while, the vine dresser, which is? Who's the vine dresser? So Jesus is the vine. The vine dresser or the pruner is God. Let me read this to you again so we get it. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. 
I am the true vine, put it up on the screen, and my father, who's Jesus' father? God. So, so Jesus is the vine, God is the vine dresser or the pruner. So Jesus is what brings life. It's not that God doesn't, but God put Jesus here to be the vine. Now he's by his spirit. He's the vine. Say he's the vine. But God is the one who comes in the individual's life to see if what they're bearing in their life is worthy to stay. He comes and he'll cut back those things that will hinder the believer. And so there are those who are connected to Jesus who are connected to that vine who are fruitful, but every once in a while, the vine dresser, God, comes to inspect, he comes to cut back, he comes to prune, not to take away from you, but to add to you. See? And so I want to minister this message this morning, and I I pray that it truly touches you. It's kind of funny. Don't laugh. It's called cut if you do, cut if you don't. Look at somebody and say, you're going to be cut if you do. Come on, look at them with Holy Ghost conviction fire in your eyes. Come on, say, you're going to be cut if you do or cut if you don't. And you have to be careful because we are in a season of pruning. I know this is old style preaching right here that I'm about to give you this morning. The United States of America is in a season of being pruned. Pruned of things that don't belong, pruned of people who do not belong. And can I just tell you this to the church of Jesus Christ and any minister who's watching me or any lay Christian or churchgoer that's watching me, the body of Christ is being pruned right now. Say right now. Right now as we speak. And and we have to be careful when we go through seasons like this, because if you're not careful, you will judge God as being careless when he's cutting things back in your life when he's actually being cultivative and when he's being calculative. Does everybody see that? And God, he calculates things. You know what? I looked up that word calculative. It means to ascertain by computation. In other words, God thinks through these things before he starts cutting at certain areas in your life. It's not that he goes with a wielding sword in your life and just starts going crazy, even though it feels like he's going wild on you sometimes. Come on, anybody who's ever been through something, say amen. It feels like God is wielding sword, wielding a sword. Like It's like when it rains, it pours. When one thing goes wrong, everything starts going wrong. But God is much bigger and badder than that. He's calculative. He's a pruner. A pruner doesn't go aimlessly with his shears. He's calculative as to where he cuts and how he cuts, and get this, what he cuts. And can I tell you, there's nothing that's being cut in your life right now in this season that God has not taken into consideration. There's no amount of money or streams of income that he's cut that he has not thought through first. He's already thinking about the fruit while he's cutting your branch. He's already thought about the replacements There's no relationship that he will cut that he's not calculated and counted the cost before he's cut this thing in your life. He calculates it. And if you're not careful, people, if you're not careful, you will label and judge God as careless. And you will grieve over the dead fruit that got cut off of your branch and not really realize that God is wanting to cause you to bear more fruit in your life. Not just any fruit, But like my sister just said, good fruit. How many want good fruit in their life? Look at somebody and say, trust me. You want good fruit, not just any fruit. I don't want just any relationship. I want one that's good and fruitful. I don't want just any job. Can I preach to the church this morning? I don't want just any job. I want... A God that I want God to put good fruit that that produces fruit in my life. I don't want just a paycheck. I want God to make it good fruit in my life. Because let me tell you something: when it's God's fruit, you can make four hundred dollars a week and live like somebody who's making a thousand dollars a week because it's coming from the vine. It's coming from good fruit. It's coming from a good resource. I don't care if you got old shoes. God will make your shoes like the children of Israel, and it won't wear out because God produces good fruit. 
I remember when I was, I was making about four or $500 a week, and that wasn't too, too long ago. And um, my uncle came, and he looked at my pickup truck, and it was an old Dodge pickup truck, probably in 89. He said, son, and he was country. You know, I come from country folk. You know, my dad was from West Virginia. And, you know, you, you, it's like a whole nother dialect. You ever seen the Bayou Boys, the show on, how many, I don't have cable anymore, but these Bayou Boys, they just, they sound like they're mumbling when they talk to you. You're like, what did he just say? Is he speaking Aborigine? And so he said to me, boy, I don't know what you're doing with these tires, but you can't be driving like this. And he started showing me all the lumps on the tires. I mean, I don't know how I was driving on it. He said, and he's not really a believer. He said, boy, the good Lord has protected you because the tires where they were just gone, you could see the metal shavings on them. You could see all of that stuff. Now, I didn't have the money to buy anything, but because I was connected to the vine, God will cause whatever you have to be sustained when you're connected to him. Clothes won't wear out. Shoe tongue and sole of your shoes stay together when they shouldn't, when they should be falling apart. Come on, when your car should be falling apart, your house should be falling apart. God will sustain you in that. So he is calculative. He will look and he will inspect what to cut, when to cut, and how to cut it. But he only cuts for your benefit. Say it's for your benefit. It also means to make an estimate of or evaluate. How many feel like God is evaluating some things in your life this morning? He's evaluating. The Bible says he searches the deep things. He looks at what to cut. He looks at what adds to your future. And what, here's the thing. I thank you, Lord. Oftentimes, we think what we have right now is going to add to our future. And you don't realize that that thing right now will actually take away from your future. But he knows the end at the very beginning. So what you think is fruit right now, you don't really realize that this thing's got a bad seed in it and God's trying to get rid of it early before it destroys your future. Oh God, that's good preaching. God will remove things before you realize and catch the revelation because he's omniscient. He knows everything. He knows the end at the very beginning. He knows the outcome. This is why you can't, and this is why you can't bad, you can't cut out things that don't look very fruitful out of your life just too early. Because that fruit that don't look too good in the opposite, God sees that that thing's going to grow. It's going to bear much more fruit. And it's got all kinds of seeds locked up in it. This is why you can't get, jump out of God's will too early in your life. Because he sees that it's actually going to be an addition and not a subtraction to your life. And this, this is where we have to exercise and pray for the gift of discernment. To understand what needs to stay and what needs to go. To make a deliberate purpose. He's deliberate. Say he's deliberate. he's deliberate. To be calculative, lastly, means to perform a mathematical process. He's methodical. I often wonder if God would have been a Methodist if he was in the flesh. I'm just playing. There's a methodology to him. He's, there's a method to his it seems madness, but it's not madness. There's a method to his cutting. There's a method to what he's sifting out of your life right now. And I just feel so strongly from the Holy Spirit. You cannot discount, you cannot judge God as being careless in your life right now. As a matter of fact, he's simply cutting and shifting and moving some things because he's wanting to do some things in your life. Somebody say, cut if I don't. I love this verse. Watch what he says. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he taketh away. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. We don't like to talk about this, and I might not get one shout out of this one, but we don't like to talk about this, but can, you can be connected to Jesus and not produce. Yeah, I know. All the preachers all of our lives just stay connected to Jesus and you'll produce. But how many times have you been in a season where you are connected to Jesus, where you're praying, but you're not producing? How many times have you fasted? How many services have you been to and gone through seasons where you're connected to him and you have this thought, 
Why am I not producing? Am I the only saint in the room that's ever felt like I'm connected to you? I'm fasting, I'm praying, I'm giving, I'm honoring you in the tithe and offering, but I'm not producing in anything in my life. And God gave me this revelation, and this is what I wanted to share with you this morning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 through 13. I want you to read this up on the screen with me. This is the first opening scripture in Chapter, John chapter 15, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he taketh, he takes it away. In other words, this branch is in him. Why is he taking it away? Because it's not producing. But let me show you why it's not producing. Do we have Genesis chapter one, verses 11 through 13? Maybe we don't, but I'll read it out loud. You can write it down for your notes. It says this in the very beginning, chapter one, then God said, let the earth bring forth grass and the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind. To its kind. Everybody say, to its kind. It won't be up on the screen, so no sense in looking. Is it up there? Verse 11 through 13. And the fruit of the tree that yields fruit according to its kind. This is creation. Genesis chapter one is the, is, the, is the chapter of creation, God's creation, how he made things. In other words, he's saying according to its kind. In other words, God, everything that God made, it cannot produce something outside of the seed that's in it. Do you understand? What, are you following me this morning? Whose seed is in itself on the earth. And so it was when the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind. It's about being according to its kind. Everybody say according to its kind. And the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Remember that? God saw that it was good. And so the evening and the morning were in the third day. God only allows the things that are connected to him to produce things after its own kind. So this believer that it's describing, I'm going to read it again, okay? I want to be a little bit laborious. I want to really drive this thing into your heart this morning. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So this is the believer who's connected to him but cannot produce anything. You want to know why? Because they're only connected to him, but they want to produce something that is not in him. Yeah, yeah. There's some people who come to Jesus, believe it or not, they will sit every Sunday morning, not because they love him. She loves him. But there are people who show up who are committed to Jesus, but they're not committed because they love him. They're committed because they want a car. They're committed because they want a spouse. They're committed because they want a position. They're committed because they're tired of living. They're tired of being tired, and they just don't want to be tired no more. Oh, I ain't getting nobody to shout. I'm talking about God can discern the reason we are connected to him. Is it bad to want a car? No. Is it bad to want a spouse? No. It's only bad when we want the fruit more than we want the vine. Because there's life in the vine. And listen, here's the, here's the trick of the enemy. The trick of the enemy is to get you to love the fruit more than the vine. Not realizing that if we will just get connected to the vine, it produces everything that we need. That's why when we love him more than anything, we get anything. And we'll get to that last verse anyway, because he said, those, whatever you desire when you pray, you will get that. But your, your vision has to be connected to his vision for your life. And this is why many of us are feeling pruning in our life, because we're trying to produce a business. We're trying to produce a spouse. We're trying to produce things in our life that are not his will and in his nature, because he only produces things that are after his own kind. If it ain't holy, it ain't him. If it ain't godly, it ain't him. If it's not righteous, it's not him. I have seen people saying, God bless me, and then go lie on their time card. They're trying to produce something that's outside of the vine. What did he say? I am the what vine? Put it up on the screen. I am the true vine. Anything that's not out of him being true, true, righteous, holy, anything that is birthed out of that, guaranteed it's got bad seed within its fruit. And you may not see it today, you may not see it tomorrow, but it will catch up. This, you know what we've lost? We have lost the fear of God. 
I'm afraid not to tithe. I'm afraid to think evil thoughts. No, seriously. I, I, some guys tell me certain things because, because I know what the thoughts end up bringing. Listen, when you've made a lot of mistakes and you learn from them, you don't want anything outside of truth. You don't want to be connected to anything that's outside of his will and purpose. Say, I want to be connected to him. Come on, is anybody getting this? We don't want to produce anything that's outside of his will. I don't want anybody in my circle that's not of him. I don't want nobody in this church that's outside who's not supposed to be here. My wife always tells me that. I said, where are the people at? She said, who's here? It should be here. I said, well, more people should be here. She said, well, who's here is here. And that's God's will. I, I said, okay. All right, I'm just trying to connect to the vine. So if this is all the fruit we got for right now, we're going to praise God for the fruit that we do have. Hallelujah. And be careful that you don't try to produce something that's outside of his perfect will for your life. Do you know that there, God, God can have, I'm not saying he has many wills, but there are certain things he will accept. Permissive will. But I don't want his permissive will. There's many people who stop short of his promise. There's many people, listen, oh, thank you, Lord. The children of Israel, it was God's will for the whole nation to enter into the promised land. But they didn't because of their unbelief. God wills everybody to enter into the promised land. But why did only a few, Joshua and Caleb, why? Obedience? You know what I believe? They stayed connected. They didn't want just the fruit that was in the promised land. They wanted the maker of the fruit. Oh, that's so good. When we, when we have more of a desire for him than the fruit, can I be honest with you? When I first started going to church, I went to a church, and I, I still love this church to this day, and I know I'm not going to say the name. They preached a lot on prosperity, and I love that. I believe in that. I believe that God does want us all to prosper. I said, God wants all of us to prosper. He wants you to do more than just pray about it for somebody. Jesus didn't just pray about it. He turned the water into wine. Don't you go drinking later. No. He did more than just tell the multitude, I know you're hungry. I'll pray for you. No. He broke the bread and multiplied it. He could do something about it. I don't want to just pray for my neighbor. I want to be able to do something about it. The Bible even calls that shameful to say, hey, go clothed and go full and you don't give him nothing to wear and give him nothing to eat. We have to be an answer to prayer. You can never get the right results by doing the wrong thing. You remember that. You can never get the right results by doing the wrong thing. Notice, notice what this verse says. Watch this. That's the first verse. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. The vine. Who's the vine? Come on, who's the vine? Jesus. The vine never gives into the will of the branch. Do you see that? He doesn't give into the will of the branch. For the branch to produce anything fruitful, it has to surrender to the will of the vine. This branch that did not bear fruit, it was only connected because of what... It was wanting to produce something that wasn't after its kind. So here's how we produce fruit. Are you ready for this? Don't shout me down. You have to, as the branch... We are the branch. Say, I'm the branch. You have to, to surrender to what the vine wants to produce in and through you. <laughs> Any dream in my life has become a nightmare. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clean it up in just a second. You want to know why? Because it only had glimpses of God in it, but it wasn't all what God wanted. And so most dreams, James, has died in my hand until I fully surrendered to the vine. He wanted a church, but in the beginning... In my mind, it looked a whole lot different than what I see right now. 
Anything, any dream or desire in your life has to first and foremost, and oftentimes we get this backwards, it has to die in your hands for you to realize I cannot produce what I want on my own. And listen, you know what the craziest thing is? Is The Bible says that our heart is deceitful above all things. It is desperately wicked. When people say, God knows my heart, I'm like, he sure does. He sure does know your heart. You gotta get it right. No. I love that when my mom used to say that to me. I'm like, mom, I just read a verse of scripture that says it's desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? God knows my heart. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he sure does. I've learned this in my little bit of years of serving the Lord. I have learned how to, how, how in the end, in the end, I'm talking about the end, say the end, the end of the thing, when he ends up blessing you, even though you didn't envision the fruit being that, your business, your family, your marriage, your, your career, your job, whatever it is that, that you, the fruit that comes to your mind when I say the fruit, that thing that's bothering you right now. Let me just hit it straight to the heart. You ready? In the very end, when you finally surrender your will to the vine, and you're the branch, say I'm the branch, he ends up giving you what you dreamed of, even though it, in your mind it didn't look like it, it becomes more satisfying than what you thought it would be. In other words, he knows your heart better than you do. He knows your desires. Come on, he knows what spouse will fit you. He knows what friendships will contribute to you. He knows what career choice is perfectly fit for you, like Cinderella's shoe. He knows what will ultimately bring your heart satisfaction. But what we oftentimes have to do is our will, our vision of the white picket fence, maybe he wants a blue one for you. Come on, who am I talking to? For some of you women, he don't want a white picket fence. He wants it pink and have a couple little accents, you know, dress it up a little bit. Oftentimes we have to get rid of our vision of what our fruit looks like in our own mind because he wants to do something completely different. But can I tell you, in the end, if you stick it out, if you stick it out, if you wait, if you stay connected to him in spite of every storm, in spite of all of his pruning, pruning, he will produce something in you that will satisfy you and it will be his perfect promise for your life. Come on, I wish I could get at least a name in or two for that. And unfortunately, before we get there, I'm gonna to talk to you young people for just one minute. Those of you who are 25 and younger, can I just talk to you for just one second? Parents, you can say amen. Unfortunately, we have to sometimes make a few blunders or mistakes. Oftentimes they're painful to get this, but you do not want to produce something in your life that God has nothing to do with. I don't want to produce a relationship. You don't want to produce a relationship that is not his perfect will for your life. You don't, you don't want it. Parents, remind your child right now, just nudge him and say, you don't want it. You, you, don't, you don't want the career you don't want the business. You don't want the job. You don't want the degree. Come on, I'm trying to make it practical for you. You do not want anything. Let me just remind you, you do not want any, you don't even want to relocate. Some people are trying to get disconnected from his vine and go get connected over here because they're not fruitful here, not really realizing you should wait it out so that until you do see the fruit. But listen, you young people do not want to produce anything outside of the vine. And listen, the fruit may look good, but it will be sour. It will not taste good. Sometimes that which looks good doesn't taste good. And all the ladies who understand exactly what I'm talking about, I wish y'all would say amen. He looks good. He's six foot two and his eyes are blue, but he lies and he cheats and he, and he steals and he can't keep his hands to himself. He won't. You don't want anything. And for you men... Come on, you ain't never read Proverbs chapter 7 about the woman who has the sweetness dripping off of her lips, but her bed leads to hell? Read chapter 7. (laughs) 
We as believers, oftentimes, unfortunately, we learn more from being cut than we do producing fruit in our lives. Because of the sinful world we live in, and when the Holy Spirit cannot get to you, because of the noise in your life, because of all the things that you have going on, he oftentimes uses his shears as his voice. He uses his cutting. He uses his pruning processes to get your attention and to move you into his will so that you can produce in your life. But let me tell you this. If I'm going to be cut in my life, I've made this decision, and I pray that you make this in your life this morning. And I pray this message sinks so deep in your heart. If I'm going to be cut in my life, I want to be cut for doing the right thing and not the wrong in my life. Because the revelation I got in here is that you're going to be cut either way. You're going to be cut either way. You will be cut for doing wrong, and you will be cut for doing right. The difference is the person who gets cut for doing wrong, you have no fruit guaranteed when you take your last breath. But the person who decides to do the right thing and still get cut, what do I mean by that? The most godly people have gone through some of the most incredible losses I've ever seen. Loss of a spouse, loss of a child, loss of a career, loss of a reputation. Godly people. But that will produce fruit if you stay connected to the vine, even in spite of pruning. Amen? Secondly, I want to talk about this purposeful pruning. Is everybody okay this morning? Are you awake? Did you have your coffee? Hallelujah. As I mentioned before, God is methodical in his methodology. Say he's methodical. He knows when and where, and I've mentioned all of those things, but can I be honest? I have spent, I'm guilty, I oftentimes like to be honest with the congregation, with you guys, but I have spent more time in my life and times past being upset with God than I'd ever like to admit publicly. It's easy to get upset when you don't understand his pruning process. You, when we don't understand, it's easy to get upset at him. Why would you do it that way? And all of us have a better way that we would like to share with God. If you did it this way, if you just did this with the church, if you just did this with my spouse, it would make it all better. We all have our own methodologies that we would like to educate God on, on how to do things better. And I hear, I hear people all the time saying to me, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. Why would God use this? Why would God cut this? Why, why is this not changing in my life? Or why is he removing to this, removing this in my life? And you know what I like to say to them? Welcome to the Christianity Club. None of us understand God, but I do know this. Isaiah said it, his ways are higher than mine. His thoughts are higher than mine. And this is, listen, can I, can I tell you this? None of us understand. And I got, a, I got another revelation this morning. I, was, I, was, I, was in, I was, wasn't in my study. I was on, in my living room. I was about to say my study. And God gave me the revelation, and I believe this is exactly what he said. Going back to Genesis, what was in Genesis? What tree? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Say the knowledge of good and evil. This is why God removed Adam and Eve from being able to touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because we're not supposed to know. But we're supposed to trust. Did you hear what I just said? You're not supposed to know. The reason why they fell in the beginning is because they knew. Because I wanted to know why my dad was murdered when I was a nine-year-old boy drove me into drug addiction. It drove me into despair. It drove me into rage until the day came that I said, I don't have to know. Freedom came. You don't have to know. We don't have to know. 
Look at somebody and say that. You don't have to know why you're experiencing that loss. Come on, say it to them. Or that pain. But here's what we have to do, Mike. We have to trust. As a belie- We're called believers because we're called to trust him. And there are times when you don't understand his clippings in your life and the cuts and the hurts and the pains, but you have to trust the master's strategic hand, his strategic pruning process. And I want to share one little secret this morning, and I pray that you write this down. Can I tell you the secret to surviving the pruning process is to remind yourself what he promised before it started. Did you hear what I said this morning? The secret he gave me this morning, he said, Donnie, I want you to remember this. When you're in the pruning process, remind my people when they're in the pruning process, remind them to remind their self on what I said before I put the scissors on them. Remind yourself. Remind yourself of what he said. Remind yourself of what he said in the light so that when you're in the dark season of your life, you can survive it. This is why David said, I have to encourage myself in the Lord. It seemed as though God was not there to encourage him anymore. God was putting the shears on his life. He was pruning him. He was cutting him. His family was gone. They had been taken away from him. His everything was gone. Seemingly, his, there was no crown in sight. He was never going to be king. All odds were stacked against him, but he encouraged himself. Why? Because he reminded himself on what God said when Samuel anointed him. You will be king. And you will, the Lord is saying to you this morning, you will have that fruit. You will have that fruit. You will enter the promised land. But here's how you survive it. My son, my daughter, remind yourself of what I said before I started this pruning in your life. Remind yourself. Remind yourself. I have in my notes on my phone prophecies that I recorded prophecies that people spoke over my life. I knew it was from heaven. I mean, it was bullseye. You just know that you know that you know. You know those words that you get, those moments and times, and years and years go by. And so when I'm driving my truck and I'm feeling the burden of, in the whisper of the enemy, he'll never do it, Donnie Smith. He's not, God's not going to do it. You, 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 you missed it. Oh God, I drowned that out and I put my Bluetooth on in my truck and I go years back to those notes in my phone and I, I push that button and I listen to the prophecy again. I'm reminding myself of what God said in the light so that when I'm in the dark seasons of, of, of turmoil and it doesn't look like God's gonna come through, it sustains me Amen. in the process and in the pruning. I celebrate the fruit before it comes. Somebody say that this morning. You look all serious. Say, celebrate the fruit before it comes. Celebrate the fruit before it comes. Come on, encourage yourself in the Lord. Don't wait for pastor to call you. Don't wait for another prayer meeting. Don't don't wait for your friends, Sally, to call you and encourage you. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Bring up those old notes in the phone and read that prophecy that was once spoken to you. Encourage yourself in the Lord and sustain yourself. The Bible says it like this, gird up your own loins. It didn't even say God would gird them up for you. And there are times that God will lovingly pick you up. But when it doesn't seem like he's picking you up, come on, you encourage yourself in the Lord and rehearse the scripture to you that he spoke to you when you were a kid. Rehearse what you heard that he was going to do in your heart and in your life so that it can sustain you. Encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. Come on, say that. Encourage yourself. I read this this morning in John chapter 13, verse 7. This was Peter. And it says this in John chapter 13, verse 7. Jesus answered and said to him, Peter, what I'm doing, what I'm doing you do not understand now. 
look at somebody and say, you don't have to understand. You just have to trust. He said, what I'm doing right now, you do not understand, Jane. But you will know after this. Peter had his own ideas on how it should be done. Do you know the context on which I'm reading from? This is when Jesus takes off his garment, wraps himself with a towel, and washes Peter's feet. And Peter stops him, and he says this. If you read the context in the preceding verses, he says, Lord, not my feet only, but my head and my hands. Wash all this other stuff. This is symbolically speaking, okay? He physically was washing Peter's feet. Peter had his own ideas on the way that Jesus should conduct this washing. We have our own ideas on how we should bear fruit in our lives. You should do it this way. We should go this direction. You should use this, Lord. It'll be a whole lot easier on me and you. Peter had his own ideas. We have to get rid of our own ideas in this season. There's no telling what God is doing. But all I can tell you is this, my brother and my sister. The deeper the sense of the cut, the greater the fruit that is to come. The deeper the cut, the greater the fruit is in your life. Isn't it funny? It's painful. Isn't it funny that he never cuts or removes the things that we have no value in? Isn't it funny? The things you don't care about, he doesn't go after. He doesn't go after things that you don't feel cost you much. It's almost like the master's strategic hand only goes after the things that we deeply care for. Sometimes it's relationships. Sometimes it's our finances. Sometimes it's a circumstance, a loved one, something that you hold value to you, a possession, something that you hold dear to you, your pearl of great price. And he goes after with his loving pruners. Amen? I'm almost done. And thirdly, I want to talk about this cut if I do. So I'm cut if I don't. Cut if I do. Say that with me. Cut if I don't. Cut if I do. Never get used to fruit in your life. Can I just tell you that? Never get used to the fruit that you're producing because the fruitful believer frequently gets pruned. That person who's producing, and listen, when you get cut a lot, it's a sign that you're a fruitful person. When you're, when you're going through a lot of things, it's because he only comes and cuts where it's fruitful. Can I tell you, you're, you're being cut right now is a sign that God is near and close, and he's, he, he, he is validating what you're doing, but he does it. We think he should just bless us more, but what it is is he actually cuts you more. Why? Put it back up on the screen. I want you to put that scripture, that verse up back up on the screen. John chapter 15. Watch this. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Why does he prune it? That it might bear more fruit. In some versions, it does say much fruit. So, so God's purpose in cutting the believer who's fruitful is not to take away your fruit, is to add fruit to you. Why does he take from you? Because he's wanting to add more. You know what? Can I just be honest with you? Maria, in the beginning, if God were to tell me how much he would have taken, I wouldn't have gone this far. Y'all don't want to be honest to the preacher this morning? I would, have, I would have never done it. But he doesn't tell you up front. But little by little, he's no, it's no disclosure. It's not like he's a lawyer. Well, he is. He's a doctor in the sick room. He's a lawyer and he's the judge. He's all of those things. But he doesn't disclose what he's going to take. He's got, he doesn't disclose what it's going to cost you. He doesn't disclose what he's going to prune in your life. He will not tell you. Because he knows if he told you up front, you wouldn't go through with it. But little by little, he takes away to give you more. He knows you won't pay the price. Oh, I know I'm preaching real good this morning. 
He will not disclose it because he understands the frailty of the flesh. He understands the weakness of the flesh. I know the pastor, pastor last Sunday probably told you, you can do it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I just wasn't telling you about the weakness of the flesh. The weakness of the flesh does not want to go through with it. That's why he had to throw Joseph in a pit. He gave him no way of escape. He will put you in positions where you have no way to say no. You can't say no to it. You can't resist it. (laughs) I laugh, but it's like I hurt so good. I laugh because he sees the end. He's only giving you glimpses. He sees what the pit is going to do to you. He sees what that pruning is going to do for you. He sees that more fruit is going to come, that greater blessings are going to come out of this. Houses you didn't build, barns you didn't build. Come on, I ain't get, come on, I'm preaching. He's going to give you more than what you lost. So stop grieving over the dead fruit and begin to celebrate what God is going to do in your life as a result of you allowing him to put you on the pruning table. And what man sees as cutting away, what men and women see as a loss, a cut, God sees that he's adding to his thoughts. His mind is higher than ours. God's mind is on multiplication. That thing that's being cut in your life, God has multiplication in mind. Oh, you want to prove it scripturally? He took a little boy's lunch Cut him. I mean, I, I, if I took my son, my nine-year-old son's lunch, trust me. He's like, Dad, you just cut me. Oh, you don't have no hungry kids? I mean, it's like you've, you've started a fight. Like he's pulling out the sword. He took his lunch, but he multiplied it, that five loaves and two fish. I'm talking about Jesus. And he multiplied it, and he fed 5,000 people with just Five loaves and two fish. God is cutting you to multiply you. He cut his own son. We talked about this in communion this morning. He cut his own son. God did. Say God did. He cut his own son. He pruned his own son. That is a symbolism. Jesus was cut. Why? To make room for humanity, for eternity. Do you see that? This whole kingdom, it's about cutting It's about pruning. It's about doing something to add to you, not take away from you. He cut Joseph, like I just mentioned before. He threw Joseph in the pit. He cornered Joseph so Joseph couldn't run. Look at somebody and say, God's got you cornered. Can I tell you this morning? Here's the word of the Lord. He has you right where he wants you. He has you right where he wants you. You're telling me that God who threw the stars in the sky and wielded the galaxies with a turn of his arm who knows all the stars by name whose thoughts towards you is more numerous than the sands of the seashore doesn't have your life strategically placed in his hand he has you right where he wants you It may not feel like you want it to feel, but it is serving a purpose. It's producing something in your life, and it will if you stay in position and you endure the cutting. When you endure the pruning, when you endure the pain, There is always reward for those who wait, for those who choose suffering over pleasures. There's always reward. Who am I preaching to this morning? Stand to your feet. I want to tell you guys this as I close. We are often cut for this one ultimate reason. It's the reason that brings me to the climax of what I'm trying to teach and drive home this morning. We are often cut for this one reason. It's one, this one, just one. If I could sum all of this up, 
is because the vine dresser, who I didn't talk a whole lot about, he's God. It's, it's God. He's the vine dresser. He's the one who does the cutting. Jesus is the vine, but the husbandman in certain versions he's referred to. He cuts for one specific reason. It's so that we get cultivated for Christ. Do you, do you understand what I mean to be cultivated? It means to be prepared for, fashioned into. To cultivate means to, when I was reading the definition of it, in some versions it says, in order to be cultivated, you have to disturb it. Anybody feeling disturbed this morning? He, he disturbs the ground. There are things I've planted little plants into and it hasn't grown, but, but, but when you grab that rake, that metal rake, and you disturb the ground that's been settled for too long, it's what he does to us when we've been settled in our calculated Christianity. When we've been blessed and overblessed and well fed and our ground has remained untouched and untilled and uncultivated and undisturbed, he comes and he tills the ground. He begins to prune it. He agitates it. That's another word for it. He's the agitated. Don't get distracted. He agitates the ground to provoke growth. That's what he's doing this morning. And the Lord told me, he said, Donnie, I am more concerned with cultivating you. And he's more, he's more concerned with cultivating you than he is keeping you comfortable. Because that's what love does. Any loving father wants to see growth out of his children. And he will allow them to be put in environments. And he will allow them to be cut beyond their own tolerance. Because he wants to bring something out of them. And this is the Lord's will for every single believer. As I mentioned, it's his will to cultivate Christ in us. And, and, and it's God's perfect will for every believer. It's to be conformed into the image of God's Son. And that's what he's doing right now. I'm going to read this verse of Scripture, and you guys can bring it up. If you abide in me, I love this, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. This is how, so all of that to be said, I've cut you this morning. But listen to this verse of Scripture. The end of it, last verse. If you abide in me, abide in what? The, the, the vine. If you abide in me, Jesus said, if you abide in me, the vine, you're the branch, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. Wait a minute. You said, I'm going to be cut. Like if, if I'm trying to produce things that, that, that is not of your kind, I'm, I'm going to get cut off. I'm, I'm cut if I do, cut if I don't. What is this thing? And then now I come to this climax, this this scripture that says, you will now ask what you desire when you abide in me, and it shall be done for you. There's no questions asked. And he goes on to say, Jesus says, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so that you'll be my disciples. What is God's will for your life? Watch this. The perfect will of God is for there to be perfect harmony between the vine and the branch. And this is the place that prayers get answered. When you cannot differentiate from the vine and the branch. There's no differentiation. There's no difference. It's when, it's when, it's when the branch wants to produce what the vine wants to produce. In other words, God will give you any amount of fruit, more fruit than you can ever handle as long as you abide, as long as you become one. Oh, God. I understood what this meant on Friday. I was going to leave, and I was stuck here. I have to tell you this. 
Don't tell anyone. I was sitting in this sanctuary, and all of a sudden, the Lord, I just, it was a belly cry like an, it was an ugly cry. You know what an ugly cry is? It's like you don't want anybody to see you. It's like the one where you have to hold your hands over your face. And I was, everything is okay in my life. I mean, no, some things aren't. But I was crying because I felt God's will and desire for you and for his people. And I wept like a baby. I wept like, how can I be the most vulnerable? It was as, I'm, I'm getting into the moment, so I'm trying not to cry. It was as if a little boy who's in, standing outside in his front yard, watching his father drive away and begging him to come back. Just, just come. Just come because, because the little boy understands how valuable the father is and how instrumental he is to the home. You understand what I'm saying? He's instrumental here for me. I just can't, I can't just have a service. He's instrumental. I, it's like I have to have him. I, I can deal without full seats. I can deal with that as long as I have him. And so I belly cried, and it was an ugly cry. I mean, I wept. You heard the cry, and it was like gr- a groan is the way I could put it. It was a groan like... God, you have to come for these people. You have, you have, to, touch, you have to touch your people. You have, to, you, have to, you have to move among us. And, and I got the revelation. He's saying, Donnie, you're coming to, and I haven't arrived yet like Paul. He said, not that I've attained, but one thing I do, I press forward towards the mark. But I, but I saw a glimpse on what he meant that when the branch is connected to the vine, You ask what you desire and it will be done. In other words, I'm starting to see that my desire is is becoming one. It's becoming one with what he desires. And that's what he wants for you. That's how you know you're getting close is when when the things that move your heart is the very thing that moves his heart. That's how you know when you're getting close. I don't want a better job. I don't want to make more money. I don't want another pair of shoes. I don't want a bigger house. I I, I would like one on the lake, but I don't want a bigger house. It's in God's time. No, in all seriousness, you you start seeing when when you're truly being connected and this oneness is beginning to happen with you and the Father, you and Jesus, the branch, the branch, the branch, the branch and the vine, the vine and the branch, becoming one. Be careful what you pray because you're praying his perfect will for your life and because the desire is there it shows you it's, it's an indication faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen when the desire is there when the holy desire is there it's only an indication that God is going to do it it's not if it's when what has he been cutting in your life this morning what is what is he what is he cutting away at? What is he making room for? The question is not, why are you cutting me, God? The question is, what are you cutting me for? Did you hear what I said? I want you to hear the Lord saying that to you this morning as we close. As we close. Not, why are you cutting this? What are you making room for? He's making room for something. I feel like this prophetically. I want you to spread out just a little bit, just one step or two. One step or two. He's cutting, and he's making room this morning. That's why he's cutting that thing in your life. That's why he's shifting some things around. Prophetically, he's he's making room. He removes so it might bear more fruit. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages.
Have a great day.